630 Chad This Morning Podcast with Stacey Bratzel and Daryl McIntyre. Uh, as a parent, this is something you have to worry about all the time. This is stuff that my parents didn't have to worry about all the time, where they're in their room for hours on end on their electronics. Who's getting access to them that I don't know about? I would know if a guy came into my house and into her room accessing her, but now you don't know. You no. don't know how they're getting through, and they are smart, and they are finding different ways to access our kids in order to hurt them. That's our sole goal. Absolutely. Smart and manipulative mm-hmm. and downright evil, uh, as far as anybody normal would concern. So there are there are some different platforms, online chat rooms, etc., that, that maybe have an, some rules or that the parents might be more familiar with, but that, that, there's been a lot of concern about one particular type of platform and just the ability for predators to find a way through to kids, and it's uh, through something called Discord. Yeah, I didn't know what it was. <laughs> now I do. I'm glad I do. Here's a bit of an explainer of what Discord is text application available for desktop and mobile. Discord is targeted at a gaming audience and has a sleek look and functionality that falls somewhere between Skype and Telegram. When using Discord, you participate in themed servers. Anyone can create their own server after they become a Discord member. You can invite people to join your server with a link. Within a server, admins can create text and voice channels narrowed by topic or restricted by users, like user age. All right, so what exactly does that mean? Because <laughs> yeah, it, it does sound like when you listen to that, that there, there are some, you know, you invite or you have to get a link. or the, So how would, how would a predator just somehow find their way into your Discord channel? And how do we keep them out? Because exactly. that's the question I want to know. Uh, Stephen Sauer, he is the director of CyberTip.ca, the Canadian Centre for Child Protection's national tip line for reporting online sexual exploitation of children. Good morning, Stephen. Good morning. So how does this work and why is Discord an issue, perhaps more so than some other avenues that predators can use? Well, I think one of the biggest things with Discord is that it allows you to create your own servers, right? And allows you to have unmoderated servers. So really, there's no one watching what's happening on a lot of these servers. Um, plus, they they tend to set up servers so that um, they are easy to access. Um, you may have a topic that a youth is interested in that these predators obviously know that youth are interested in. And so they can just jump onto these open uh, servers and have a quick chat with them. The other way that we see it happening is the maneuvering from one platform to another. So maybe they met them on a an online game. Uh, maybe they saw them on Roblox. Maybe they saw them on, um, you know, any a number of online gaming platforms out there. And, uh, and then they move them from that online game to have a private chat or to a, a Discord server where they can have a more uh, intimate chat. And so what's happening in those chats that we should be concerned about? Well, I think there's a lot of things happening. There's a lot of manipulation. Um, We're seeing things like um, offer of gifts, um, money. Um, Sometimes they'll use like online currencies. Um, So 
for certain games, they might have, um, you know, different levels that you have to buy or you have to pay for. And so the offenders will offer that as um, something in exchange to the child for sexual images or sexual pictures. Um, there is, you know, what they call um, grooming, where they will have long-term conversations with the youth, break down barriers, talk about different um different activities, you know, really broach the issue of sexual chat and, and really kind of break down the boundaries for that youth of what's appropriate and what's inappropriate um, so that those lines are blurred when they're having those conversations. And, you know, lots of people go, well, how on earth could this happen? I guess it depends on the situation, but some of these predators are very good at pretending to be something they are not or pretending to be an age that they are not. Is, is that how it is done? That is certainly one method, yeah. We definitely see a lot of predators out there who pretend to be a peer, similar age peer to the youth that they're engaging with. Um, in other cases, it may be that they're offering something that the youth just doesn't have access to. Um, you know, certainly if they, they're able to get them uh, money, drugs, or alcohol, um, that could be one avenue that, that it doesn't matter what age the individual is as long as they're meeting the needs of that child. So that's another Another way that we see the manipulation happen is the use use of those types of tactics. And what are they in it for? Like, why are they doing this? Well, I think it really depends on on what... um, you know, what they're looking for to get out of this. So we see a few different things. One, we see financial extortion. This doesn't happen as often on Discord, um, but in, in some cases what they will do is they'll manipulate the child into sharing a sexual picture, and then they will uh, use that sexual picture or the distribution of that sexual picture to get them to pay money. Um, you know, and if they, if they don't comply, then they're going to distribute the, the image. The other thing that, that more frequently happens is that that they are looking for um, either they have a sexual interest in the child and they're looking for further imagery or video and so they're looking for the child to create more and more egregious images or videos for them um, or they it's a manipulation a, a control tactic right they see there there's a power over issue where they they have a strong um, you know, they have this strong relationship where they're able to control the, the child and get them to do um, whatever they want on, on camera for them. You know, and if you have uh, a thousand kids and a thousand kids get attacked, may, you know, probably 999 recognize something and avoid it, but there's the one child that for whatever uh, vulnerable situation would, would be in trouble. So how as a parent can I help that child? What can parents do about this, which seems to be, you know, hidden behind a closed door? Yeah, I think that, you know, that's the struggle for most parents. And, you know, I, I'm a parent myself, and I completely understand that. The The difficulty is you're not going to be able to monitor your child 24-7. That's just not possible, no matter how many things you put in place, no matter what parental controls you put in place. Um, so, you know, one of the things that you want to do is have regular conversations with them about online sexual violence. What does that look like? What do tactics like grooming and manipulation look like online? Um, so they kind of have an understanding of what they should be watching out for. Um, You know, there may be changes in behavior that you want to look out for. Um, Like you talked about earlier, if if the child is is 
you know, in their bedroom, often on their own, alone, um, online alone a lot. Um, you want to check in. You want to maybe do some checks on what they're doing, um, you know, and, and talk a little bit about um, those things on a regular basis. Talk about technology and the apps that they're using. Um, understanding some of that stuff is also key. But I think uh, the thing that I want to say the most is that no matter what happens, it's not parents' fault. Um, you know, like I said, we can't be watching these kids 24-7. Um, we try our best to ensure that they're safe, um, but these guys are manipulative and they know how to get around that. So making sure that your child knows that if something has happened, no matter how far it's gone, that they can come to you and you can help them through the situation and you can intervene in that situation for them. Because the numbers are staggering. Uh, You received more than 500 reports of minors exploited on Discord. That was a 250% increase from the year before. And that's just the ones that you know about. Yeah, exactly. That's just the ones we know about. We know a lot of kids are dealing with this stuff on their own. We also know that Discord is just one platform in terms of what we're seeing in the online sexual victimization of children. We've had a 31% increase in reports related to online sexual violence in the last year um, here at the tip line. And so that's just overall looking at all all sorts of different apps that we see. You know, you see the Instagrams, you see the um, uh, Snapchat and um, any number of other social media apps out there that kids intersect with that are make them vulnerable to this type of activity. And ages, I mean, it can be really young. Yeah, absolutely. We've seen as, you know, as young as 10 and 11 being victimized on these platforms. Um, you know, any any type of avenue for these individuals to get a hold of your kids is is problematic right and we know that that kids are online more than ever before um so that there's there's more opportunity for offenders to reach out and connect and i think that's probably one of the biggest things we're doing as an organization right now is really advocating for change in this space looking for regulation looking for governments to step in and say companies need to do more to protect their children to protect their users, um, to make sure that that this type of thing doesn't happen on their their social media platforms anymore. And that's something that the federal government promised, but just hasn't yet delivered on, right? Yeah, I think certainly we've heard that that everything's in the works and that they are working through um, legislation in this space, and we would absolutely welcome that coming forward. Um, I think that that will bring about some big changes for these companies who, to this point, have not really been held to account for what's happening on their platforms. There's no real avenue to to say that that you know you have to put all these safeguards in place and that you have to ensure your users um, are safe and to ensure that adults unknown adults especially can't communicate with kids on your platform you have no there's nothing to to force companies to do this and and that's really what we're looking for is is something that that makes them accountable for what's happening on their platforms thanks for that advice if people want to find some more advice online uh, I guess cyber tip do you guys have a bunch of resources Resources or directions we can go? Yeah, absolutely. We have a few resources. So cybertip.ca has a number of resources for parents who want to talk to their kids about online sexual violence. We also have uh, reporting um, tools there where people can come in through our online report form to report or they can come in through our toll-free line to report. And then we also have another service for youth um, called needhelpnow.ca, which connects them with our support team and, uh, and helps them walk through these incidents and, and report information that they need to. All right. Thanks so much, Stephen, for your time. 
Thanks so much for having me. Stephen Sauer is uh, the director of cybertip.ca, the Canadian Centre for Child Protection's national tip line for reporting online sexual exploitation of our kids. I don't have kids, and my stomach sinks thinking about this and and thinking Mm -hmm. about the fear uh, that a parent must go through about what could happen. And you hope you teach them well, and you hope you have these conversations, and, and you hope that they know what to look out for, and maybe it happens anyway. And you just try to trust your parenting and sometimes that's hard really hard 